We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone out there in the Eastern Time Zone, and it's good morning to everyone else. And uh, <laughs> welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince Sideri. I'm the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. That guy right there, that's Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And, and since uh, we do have some listeners oh. that are overseas and things like that, it might actually, for some of them, be I, good evening. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. You are absolutely correct. I've got I've got such a small like uh, minded situation here when I'm thinking about what we do. You here. can focus so, on like one or two time zones yeah, at a time. That's it. Let's it. not get crazy. You know, I'm lucky I remember my children's names. Um, but anyway, so welcome everybody. Today is another edition of our Stacking Up uh, podcast. We're going to talk. You about do have that. a lot of kids. I can. I, understand. I mean. I've I've actually literally called like one child all five names at one like you did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it you just you know sorry yeah. I'm I'm my so. grandmother's favorite grandchild and she calls me Marty <laughs> and Barry and yeah exactly so it's my yeah. dad and my uncle so yeah right it's all right good, man I understand. <clears throat> it is what it is but so, that's not um, what people came here for today Vince nope it's not they came they here came to talk about football. Notre Dame defense. Yeah. Versus the Virginia Tech offense, and this Brian, I without a doubt, is the matchup that matters as far as the win loss. I think uh, for Notre Dame, this is—I don't think anybody's going to argue with us when we say that the defense is the strength of this team. Uh, it's been the strength of the team for many, many years, but so much more this year than in any other year. Um, and so, I mean, it's going to be like this week after week. It's the Notre Dame defense versus whoever's offense is going to be the matchup that is going to determine who wins and loses this game. And uh, I don't think that's going to be any different this week. No, it doesn't. And, it, and look, we're at the point in the year, Vince, where we can kind of accept who this team is right now. We have a good sense of it. Right. And the reality is, is the way that this team is team has played this year is if the off- if the defense doesn't play great, they could lose to a good team or almost barely beat mediocre to bad teams. That's where we're at. Yeah. Because the offense has been pretty much abysmal outside of the first game and then parts of a second game against a Mac opponent. Notre Dame has gone 27, 20, and 13 on offense the last three games against Power 5 opponents. So unless the offense just miraculously turns it on on Saturday night, which I hope they do. It'd be great. This is the side of the ball that you have to dominate. And and the matchup is such that it is one that they should, in fact, dominate. There are some concerns. Obviously, as we'll dive into the specific matchups. But this is a, a Virginia Tech offense that simply has not been that good this season. Yeah. And, and it's a game where, where Notre Dame is going to have to, in my opinion, be the better defense on the field. Because that's mm-hmm. what this matchup is. It's two pretty good defenses. Virginia Tech has been more consistent, I would argue, against you know, I mean, a couple teams that play pretty good offense. At least one in North Carolina that plays pretty good offense. Uh, and Notre Dame's defense has been brilliant at times and inconsistent at times. 
they're going to need to be the better unit on the field on Saturday. Yes. And and that's going to be that this this matchup right here is is going to be so important for Notre Dame and that's just going to be true from here on out because the the dangerous thing for Notre Dame is the struggles they've had. They haven't really played anybody with a dynamic offense yet. That starts in a couple weeks. Correct. When they get a stretch of USC and then North Carolina and Stanford's, you know, coming along and and Virginia's been pretty good on offense this year. Their defense stinks. But that hasn't mattered for Notre Dame's offense, right? Exactly. This year, or so uh, outside of the opener, so uh, it, it's it's troubling. And so this is a week where the defense is going to have to bounce back. They gave up some big plays last week, and I don't mean big plays as just as in like you know long plays. I mean big plays as in crucial plays. Yeah, yeah. And and there are the the, the maturation, the learning process, in my opinion, for Marcus Freeman still exists. He's still learning this team. I think he's still learning how to run this defense. You know, last week going in, you know, kind of playing off at the end of the first half, thought that was a mistake. Uh, not being more situationally aware at the end of the game last week and not having, you know, a couple of your better players on, on defensive line on the last series when Cincinnati went down the field. Those are some of those things where, you know, the, when, when, when the margin for error is so small because your offense stinks, those are the things you you can't you can't make mistakes on, and, and unfortunately, that's the burden that's been placed on this defense. And right, is it unfair? It, it, is it an unfair for burden? Years. Maybe, but I mean, it, I, oh, it I definitely think, is. I mean, yeah. it definitely is. But it is. That's the but reality. it is what it is. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's the reality. Yeah. And if they can't step up, then they're going to lose the game. I mean, that's right. that's where we're at, and that's what I was referring to with the Cincinnati game. Is that yeah? Was it unfair that I put so much on the defense there on that last drive? Yeah, it probably was unfair, mm-hmm. but that's what the game came down to, and they didn't fulfill their end of the bargain, right? So right. Um, it's just, again, is it unfair? Probably, because I expect more from the defense than I do from the offense right now, and and that's going to continue into this game against Virginia Tech. I expect more from the defense than I do from the offense, and that's why this matchup is so important. That's why they need to shut down Virginia Tech's offense, because – if it gets to be a scoring duel, I don't like Notre Dame's chances. Yeah. No, it, it, look, if it's in a scoring duel in this game could be like 27 to 24. True. The way that this, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to take pot shots at the offense. I, I'm talking truth. The last three games against Power 5 opponents, they've scored 27, 20, and 13 points offensively. I mean, the defense and special teams outscored the offense against Wisconsin. Right? I mean, that's yeah. the reality yeah. and that's where we are now. My hope is that the defense can spring, maybe maybe spark the offense a little bit, and and sure. maybe do it early. And we've seen the off, we've seen the defense do that at times. Yes. You know, we've seen them give the offense short fields, and uh, you know, and the so offense not, actually does pretty good with short when, fields. Yes, I mean, when they yeah. get, they've been very good on turnovers. They've yes. been very good on capitalizing on turnovers. That's one I of the agree. few things this defense is this offense has done well. Yeah. Now again, that's asking a lot of the defense, but it is. But it they've is. done it right. They've right. done it, and this is one of those games where they need to do it because again, you're in a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. You're in a, a loud. It's going to be a loud crowd. I think it's a little bit of an overrated environment compared to what people make it out to be, but it's still loud. Right, uh, it, it, and this is a good Virginia Tech team. I would argue this is a better Virginia Tech team than the one Notre Dame faced in 2018 and okay. 2019. I I think you know it's still early. They've played four games so far, but their defense has been pretty good this year. Not great, but pretty good. And their their offense has some talent that they're kind of in the same boat Notre Dame is. That if they can get the offense going, they're going to be able to get rolling. Now they don't have the the talent Notre Dame has on offense, but for the ACC. They have some talent, and it's just about whether or not they can get that side of the ball going. But def- de- defensively for Notre Dame, you've got to ensure that this isn't the week that that happens. Notre Dame football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Irish tickets anymore. That's because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all Notre Dame tickets. TickPick got rid of all of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all Notre Dame tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% 
of the difference in the purchase price. The Irish are back on the road again this Saturday night as they travel to Blacksburg, Virginia to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Can they rebound after last week's showing? Find out in person by scooping up your tickets at TickPick.com. Just visit TickPick.com slash Irish today and use the promo code Irish to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. Again, that's TickPick.com slash Irish and use the promo code Irish to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Brian, let's let's jump in here uh, with our, our normal stacking up analysis. Let's talk about the Virginia Tech run game versus the Notre Dame run defense. Um, I'm still very confident in Notre Dame's run defense mm-hmm. uh, at this point in the season. So I, I, I like this matchup for Notre Dame. I do. Uh, I, I think that they've done a pretty good job. I think they almost overplayed the run a little bit against Cincinnati, and that's what got them in trouble. Uh, Could you explain that, game. Vince? Because I think that's an interesting assessment. I'm, I'm, I'd like to hear your your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think that the linebackers are so good in the run that they were almost anticipating more run, number one. I think they were peaking in the backfield a little bit too much, and then they would hesitate when they're dropping into coverage at times, not all you, the time. Do you think that was more about like the, when you say, are you more talking about like the runoff running, like the handoffs of Jerome Ford? Or are you more I'm talking about Ritter. Ritter scrambling? Okay, I'm talking about I Ritter guess. scrambling. Okay. I, I think that they were worried that that was going to bite them in the butt mm-hmm. and that they were hesitant to drop because they thought that he was going to take advantage of them dropping. Which is somewhat of an issue again this week. I mean, it's a Rex huge and, issue. Yeah, Burmeister, and Burmeister can run. Yeah. He can run. And I, you know, I was listening to the broadcast um, when they for the North Carolina game, and they said that he is arguably the fastest guy on the team, which I thought was a very interesting assessment. I, I would not have anticipated that, but he looked to run. Um, I, I feel like I feel like Desmond Ritter actually tries to throw the ball first, yes. run second. Desmond but Ritter I, is a throwing quarterback who can run. Yes, I mean that's kind of what we discussed last week. And yeah. I feel like it's the opposite with this kid. I think. When he sees a lane, he goes, um, and he goes all out the whole way. So that – I don't know if it worries me, but it's something that you have to be prepared for if you're mm-hmm. this defense, and you can't let that affect the way you're dropping because the kid's got a, a, a good arm too. I mean, he can sling it around when he wants to. So um, that's definitely something to keep your eye on for sure. I think when I look at their run game, Vince, and I look at this matchup for Notre Dame, I, I think – I agree with your assessment when you when you put the caveat in. It wasn't necessarily the, the running game, you know, designed run calls that they were worried about. It was Desmond Ritter taking off. That I absolutely agree with. I mean, you're talking about a Notre Dame defense right now that statistically, when you look at those numbers, I, I always do that. When you look at those numbers right there, it, it's going to look, it, it's going to look worse than it is because of they're still five games in. Uh, and they're still suffering from the Virginia Tech game. I mean, the Florida State game, where they gave up 264 yards and 5.5 yards right. per carry. Okay? But they're, they're still in the top third to top quarter right. in but almost since, every category. Right. But since then, in the four games since then, they've given up 124 yards rushing, uh, over half of which came on one play. It was a 67-yard run in the fourth quarter. Uh, 
Right. In the three games since against Purdue, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Notre Dame has given up 57, 78, 93 yards. Now, the interesting thing is in the last two games, we have not seen Notre Dame make many tackles for loss. And we had four against Wisconsin and two against Cincinnati, which is a troubling thing for me because we've seen those tackle for loss numbers go way down. However, what the reason they're being so effective is because they've been they've been so much more assignment correct in the run game in the last few games. Now, again, you talk about the lack of discipline in the pass game, and we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. But in the run game specifically, we've seen a team that's very assignment correct. We're seeing ends that are doing a great job of setting the edge. Uh, we're seeing ends that are very disruptive, and we're seeing defensive tackles that are very disruptive that are allowing the linebackers to be free. I haven't seen Notre Dame linebackers get blocked in the run game very much the last few weeks. I, yeah. I mean, I'm just not seeing it because right. they're they're right. because the defensive line is occupying yes. the def- offenses so much, and that's been a struggle for Virginia Tech. I mean, so you're talking about a Notre Dame defense that Vince is on a stretch of of three games where they've given up fewer than 100 yards. You know, we saw that last year when the defense was really rolling last year, if you remember correctly, um, and and we saw that once in 2017. Those are the only two times we've seen that. It, you know that that stretch of football where they've given up through 100 yards or less in three straight games. They they did that once in, in they did that once in 2012. That's it. Yeah, and that was at the end of the season against three pretty bad teams. I think that's the interesting thing about what Notre Dame has done is they've done that against two teams. Now Purdue's not very good running the football. But they've done that against two teams that are pretty decent at running the football. Not great, but but pretty decent at it. I think Wisconsin's run game was always a little overrated. We talked about that because they don't have those great backs a little bit. But that's still Wisconsin, and you still held them to 100, under 100 yards. So it, it's definitely trending in the right direction. And you're going up against a Virginia Tech offense that's not good at running the football. And I'll be honest with you, Vince. When I watch the film, I, I see minus the – I don't see the um, – the blown assignments right. that you're seeing from Notre Dame, just the run-throughs. But what I am seeing is a lot of the not moving. They're get, they get no movement off the line. And I think if you're Virginia Tech against an athletic Notre Dame defense, that's got to be concerning, Vince, because they, they don't look overly athletic up front. You're talking about Virginia uh, Tech. Virginia look Tech, overly, yes. Okay. They don't look yeah. overly athletic, and they get no movement right. in the run game. And and to me, that's that's definitely advantage Notre Dame in this game. Yeah, I think I think they get they they form pretty good pockets in the pass game, and obviously we're going to get to that. But you're right, the movement in the run game is concerning if you're a Virginia Tech fan. I I agree with that one wholeheartedly. And they're going to be going up against a defensive line that is one of the best in the country. So that's going to be very difficult. Uh, it's a difficult matchup for Virginia Tech. It's a great matchup if you're Notre Dame. And on top of that, like you had mentioned and you alluded to. Notre Dame has done a great job this season of allowing their running back or their linebackers to flow freely. And when they can when when White and and Bertrand can flow freely, then <laughs> sorry. That's a great response. Awesome. I love it. Sorry. Sorry, I started reading it in the middle of when I was talking. But sorry. if you can allow if you can allow Notre Dame's linebackers to flow freely like they've been doing, they're gonna have success in the run game. They just are because I think those two guys have done so well reading where the runs are going to and just flying to the football. And mm-hmm. they've had the knack of fitting into gaps where there's not a lot of room to fit into gaps and, you know, and, and make those tackles at the line of scrimmage. And, and again, you're right. The tackles for loss uh, numbers have gone down and that's a bit concerning, but, but, I, I, st- but, but I can live with it yes. because of, uh, right. Because they're not, they're, they're, they're being so assignment correct and they're I mean, they're meeting the ball carrier right. at the line of scrimmage exactly. as opposed lots to behind of, right lots the, yeah. essentially a lot of the two yard losses yeah. are turning into zero yard gains or one yard gains essentially right uh so it's concerning to a degree correct but a lot of it but and i'll, I'll say this too vince and, and you tell me if you agree or disagree with this i already know the answer i guess i shouldn't have just said that uh <laughs> but the thing about it too is there has not been a single team this season that has come out on Notre Dame and just run the ball on them for 60, you know, you know Agreed. Like effectively. Like you, you look at Florida state's numbers. You're like, dude, how can you say that when they gave up 266 yards to Florida state? I'm not saying Florida state didn't run the ball successfully on Notre Dame. They did obviously from a, from a number standpoint. What I'm saying, however, is that Florida state had three chunk plays that had was half their yards. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, they, th- that, that's a reality. You know, they had, they had uh, four, four or five total big runs in the game. 
that 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 hurt Notre Dame, including an 89-yard touchdown run, where it was a lot of it was just being assignment incorrect. You had Jordan Travis on some scrambles. Uh, that's really what it boiled down to, and 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 a chunk of their yards came in the second half when Notre Dame got out of their base defense. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, yep. on top of the 89 yarder, which happened, but then you look at the 67 yarder that Toledo had, which was over half their rushing yards. Again, both times they were a, they were guys not being assignment correct. Right. right? Yeah, they and, didn't and, execute. And yeah, that to me has been the the really impressive thing that we've seen from this defense this year is to go from where you're giving up run game wise where you were giving up big gashing plays early in the game, and that has just all but been eliminated the last three games. And, and I think that's a yeah. really impressive thing, and that's that's called good coaching when you can kind of you know struggle with something early and then you stop struggling with it because you coach it up and you make your guys fundamentally sound and assignment correct. So it is possible, point being, it is possible to improve the technique and the assignment correctness of your football team in five games for those who say it's not. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> I have nothing specific in mind. I have you know. no, I would, you? Uh, but, uh, but that, that's, that's, that's called good coaching. And, and that's, those are the things I'm encouraged by from Marcus Freeman's defense, even though the, this last game, there were some things that I said, boy, I just, I bet you if they could do it over again, they'd take, they'd make a yeah. different call there. Yeah. I uh, mean, that's, and, that's kind of where I come from. And look, we, to a degree, teams can have bad games i mean I, mm-hmm. as a unit i mean that that can happen and and we picked out the the issues that we had when we when we did our upon further review uh on on sunday night that you know there were things that they made mistakes but they were mistakes that they hadn't made all season right and so for now it's an isolated incident okay and so and it wasn't I, even that bad Right. I mean, really, they gave up. If you count the field goals, they give up thirty points. But then you can take ten points of that away from you contribute to the offense, right? So again, absolutely. But that's the whole point, though. They can't afford to make those mistakes. Exactly. If Notre Dame had a better offense, just a just a good offense, Notre Dame beat Cincinnati by ten points because they don't they don't they don't give them ten points. They don't give them uh, you know. 10 points to jump at the beginning of the game, you know, 10 first quarter points. They don't, they don't spot them 10 points. Uh, so, so that's the thing is that's unfortunately where Notre Dame is right now on offense because they're, they're, I mean, on defense, because they, they can't afford to not be great. They have to be great to give you, I mean, they dominated Wisconsin and still trailed 13 to 10 in the fourth quarter, you know, on, on a, on a score that came off of a, of a defense on an offensive turnover for Notre Dame. So unfortunately, that's where we are. So yeah, we're we're nitpicking those plays. But look, if it's about winning, the defense can't afford to make those mistakes because of how bad the offense is. That's just a fact. And this is one of those things where this part of the game they have to dominate because one of the things we talked about last week is Notre Dame needed to try to make Cincinnati one dimensional, and for the most part, they did a pretty good job of that. I felt, and I felt like we saw Cincinnati rely on big plays in the pass game. Well, look, and we'll get into this in a second. Virginia Tech doesn't have the plethora of weapons that Cincinnati had, and they don't have a quarterback Absolutely. that's in the same universe as what as what Cincinnati's was. And and, and we don't think Desmond Ritter's the first round pick that people made him out to be, but he's a whole not. lot better passer than Braxton Burmeister. Absolutely, yes, no question. And, and, and so to me, this is another important matchup that you you have to dominate the run game. In my opinion, you have to fo- you have to shut Virginia Tech down. You have to get early down disruptives. You need to force Virginia Tech into being a throwing team because if you can do that, they have, to me, very little chance of continued sustained success against Notre Dame. And so that that puts an even greater emphasis on this matchup, and it means Notre Dame has to do what they have to do, whereas Notre Dame, Vince, is their numbers are a little misleading because they had that first opening bad game. Virginia Tech's rushing numbers are, are also misleading because they ran for 224 yards against Middle Tennessee. They ran for 127 against North Carolina, 106 against West Virginia, and 106 against Richmond. They've been over 3.2. They've been over 3.3 yards per carry once this year, and it was against Middle Tennessee. So even so, there, there's some skewed numbers that should make this an even greater advantage for Notre Dame. Yeah, and that's where my advantage is. It's with Notre Dame. It's a significant advantage. Yes, and it's advantage that has to carry itself out on Saturday night. No, oh, there's no question that they have to dominate the run game because if they can make, like you said, if they can make Virginia Tech one dimensional, 
I'd be game over. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to say it that way because I'm sure that they'll do something to to make me regret saying that using that statement. But if you can make Virginia Tech one dimensional, I, I really like Notre Dame uh, to to win this game, mm-hmm. regardless of what happens on the offensive side of the ball, because that means Virginia Tech mm-hmm. is going to start forcing some things. And they're going to start doing some things that they don't want to do. And that could potentially give the offense the short field. And offense, as we mentioned, is good in the short field. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they have been excellent uh, when they get a turnover. So uh, I, I think that they can dominate this matchup. And I think they will dominate this matchup. Um, and so that, that's, that's, you know, advantage Notre Dame. So, and there we go. Let's talk about the Notre Dame. Your wish is my command. <laughs> Let's talk about the Notre Dame pass defense versus the Virginia Tech pass offense. And from a numbers standpoint, again, on paper, Notre Dame dominates this matchup. My hesitation to, to go that route at this moment, and we're going to talk through it, obviously. Uh, my hesitation is some of the plays that they gave up last week. Uh, I, I think there was reason for that. I think all those things are fixable. But I didn't like some of those, I mean, wide open receivers that Cincinnati had. And look, some of that is scheme, you know, great play calling. I get that. But some of it is just bad execution on Notre Dame's part, some bad Mm -hmm. drops, some not getting a good feel for your zone, and then peeking in the backfield afraid that the quarterback's going to run. So uh, I again, which will remain a challenge this week. It will. But those all of those things are fixable. Every one of those things is fixable. You know, and I, I I give Desmond Ritter a little bit more credit in the game than you did. I I think he made some good throws, but as you mentioned, a couple of those throws were to open guys, and and I thought that they did a bad job. I mean, if you're Virginia Tech, you're watching that game last week, and you're saying, okay, how can we get our running backs and our slot receivers and our and our tight ends who who they're suffering from the fact they don't have James Mitchell anymore. That's their stud tight end. He got hurt in the second game of the year, so he he's going to be out for this game. I believe he's out for the year. Okay, and he's a he's a talented kid. And, uh, you know, he's kind of what, what Tommy Trumbull should have been at Notre Dame and how they used him, you know, 6'3", 250. They ran him on a – they've he, you know, they've, they've rushed – they've had him rush the ball before in the red zone. Like, they've had him carry the ball before in the red zone. Uh, gotcha. You know, so, so he's a good football player. They don't have him. He was probably their second-best pass weapon behind Trey Turner. So that hurts him a little bit. But, you know, they still have adequate tight ends, but they don't have the Cincinnati tight ends. Right, they don't have Leonard Taylor, but they've got adequate tight end tight ends. They got running backs that are that are decent in the pass game, and they have they have some decent athletes at slot. Have good athletes at slot. I'm going to say, hey, look, how can we get our guys matched up against Notre Dame linebackers? Mm-hmm. After what we saw last week, I mean, that's just going to be a key. And you know, look, and the other part of it too is is they're like, what? Well, hey, look, 27, JD Bertrand, he's pretty good against the run. He was not good against the pass last week. We got to figure out ways that we can get him out of the box. And, and attack him with the pass game in a manner that then allows us to uh, to say, hey, look, then maybe that gives us a little bit of room, looking at it from a, a standpoint of the Virginia Tech offense, gives us a little bit of room to to maybe increase a couple runs. I mean, honestly, if we're looking at this breakdown from a Virginia Tech standpoint, if we're if we're providing analysis, you know, take away these and, you know, you, you know Hokie Nation or something like that, uh, I'm doing a lot of the things – to Notre Dame's defense that I'm 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 talking about with the Notre Dame offense, which is we got to find a way to steal some yards in the run game. Yep. How can we do that formationally with our motions, with our shifts and things like that? How can we steal some yards? And that's what Virginia Tech is going to have to do if they're if they're going to want to have a chance to win this football game. They're going to have to find some ways to to get Notre Dame's backers out of the box to try to steal some yards and give themselves opportunities to gash and runs because they know they're not going to consistently run on Notre Dame. They know they aren't. Their hope is that they can create some big plays in the run game. That's going to be what Virginia Tech is trying to do. Well, yeah, and, and look, if, if you're watching Notre Dame in totality this season, you're like, oh, well, they can give up some big plays, and you know, we can big play you know, this defense, and, and I think we can both agree that that's really not the case anymore. But when you're looking for chinks in the armor, they're going to see that, right? And they're going to be like, okay, we can potentially take advantage of some big plays here. Um, you know, they're looking for ways to to defeat this defense, right? And getting getting some one on ones. You're right with the slots versus the Notre Dame linebackers. I think is a is an area that we could see. I think when they know that Notre Dame is going to be in zone, I think they're going to try to pick apart that middle area because that's what 
Cincinnati was able to do. They were able to kind of sit in those zones and and uh, and make Notre Dame wrong essentially when they were in zone. And and I think that's going to be a spot that they're going to try to isolate and they're going to try to get Notre Dame in. So, you know, how does Notre Dame counter that? Are they going to do maybe a little bit more man to man this this uh, you know this week with maybe a spy? I think that could potentially be something that you could do because I don't want to go man to man and just everybody turns their back on Burmeister because he wants to run. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think when he goes behind center, yes, he's a quarterback. He wants to throw, but I think he wants to run. Like yeah. the way he runs the ball, he's so he much more comfortable run. in himself. Doing yes. That. Yes, absolutely. And he runs the ball hard. I, he does. He runs the ball hard. So um, you've got to at least have a spy or you've got to be able to contain him in the pocket. And I think that's going to be the key to shutting down this, this, uh, this offense, and of course, you've got to take away their best player, and I and I think we can both agree that that's Trey Turner. That's the key right there. And, yeah. and honestly, Vince, if there's a single matchup in this game that that concerns me more than any other, it's it's for the Notre Dame defense. It's him. Yeah, Trey Turner's really good. He is, and and Notre Dame should know that because Trey Turner's had some success against Notre Dame in the past. Uh, he's a guy that they have to be prepared for. They cannot allow Trey Turner to, to make big plays on him. He had two catches for 58 yards in 2019. Uh, he also had two catches for 21 yards against him in 2018. They, when he was a true freshman, right. they know how good he is. Uh, this kid's played a lot of football at Virginia Tech, and uh, he's their best player. He's coming off a big game against Richmond, six catches for 102 yards. He had four catches for 64 yards against North Carolina. Had a great over-the-shoulder catch uh, you know, on one of the early drives that get, mm-hmm. helped him get up early. He's a he's 6'2 plus. He's athletic. He can stretch the field. He can make plays after the catch. He's a really good football player. And and he's kind of you gotta hope he does he you gotta you gotta do something to say, hey, we can't let him beat us the way that Alec Pierce beat us last week. That's what Notre Dame's coaches have to do. And when I say we like that. What I'm doing is I'm trying to look at it from the defensive coach's standpoint because right. one thing that bothers me is I, people in my fans call Notre Dame we. You're part of Notre Dame Nation. I don't care about that. That doesn't bother me. You don't play for I don't care. That you, you do you. I'm saying someone in my end, we have to try to be more objective. So when I say we, I'm looking at it from like, hey, this is how I would say it. Like if I was a coach, this is how I'd look at it. So I say, you know, we got to make sure that we have a game plan that, that prepares to not let Trey Turner wreck the game the way Alec Pierce wrecked the game. And, and that's that's the concern. That's my big concern, Vince, is Trey could go out there on five plays and just completely flip the game with big mm-hmm. plays. Absolutely. And, and, so, and, so how do you go about it? Because uh, we've seen them match up Kyle Hamilton in the slot. Uh, we, we've seen them obviously go with um, – Tariq Bracey in the slot. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen we you know we've seen them do a couple of different things in the slot. Well, how would you go about it? I for me, I'm going to throw many as many guys at him as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't want to send the same guy with him at all times because I think then you can start you know picking out some some ways to manipulate that particular defender. So I'm going to send waves of defenders at him. I'm I'm not going to line up the same guy every time. Yeah, and, and I definitely understand that. I think part of it is you have to get a read early on where they're going to play him. You know, he he's more to me, he's more of an outside guy. I, okay. I think if, if he's playing a lot in the boundary, you have to look. Here's here's the thing that we have to discuss, right? We've talked about how brilliant of a move it was to put Cam, Cam Hart to the field, and I think that move allowed Notre Dame to uh, really get the most out of Cam Hart, right? And if Trey Turner is going to be to the field this week which he, he plays a decent amount to the field, then you, you, you leave it and you just let him play. If I'm, yeah. since, if I'm Virginia Tech, however, and this is where I say Notre Dame has to be prepared for this. If I'm Virginia Tech and I see the, the, the way that Wisconsin and, and now Cincinnati have picked on Clarence Lewis, I'm going to think long and hard about putting him into the boundary. Sure. Absolutely. If they leave him to the field, Notre Dame's good. I like I like Clarence Cam Hart and I'm at now. You know Trey may get one or two, but he's not going to wreck the game, in mm-hmm. my opinion. For for you know multiple big plays the way that Alec Pierce did, good receivers are going to get a player too. Uh, but so that's the thing is I think part of it is you have to be prepared and willing. Thank you for the super chat, uh, Mister Seavers, C Seavers, uh, maybe Misses. I apologize. Maybe yeah, could be. Um, but uh, to me, Vince, you need to you need to be prepared. 
to, to move your corners in this game and consider putting Claren- Cam Hart on Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying do that for 60 minutes. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the mirroring thing. But if they're going to start playing him a lot in the boundary, then you need to be willing to, to maybe consider right. doing the flipping thing, which I'm normally not a fan of. But that right now, the way that Clarence Lewis is playing the last two weeks, if, if Virginia Tech is smart and does the game plan that, that I would do if I were them, and they're finding ways to get Trey Turner matched up against uh, against their, uh, you know, Notre Dame's boundary corner, then then I'm 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 going to do it, you know, because I'm I'm watching you know highlights of Trey this year, and he's making plays in the boundaries, making plays in the field to put him in the slot. It, you know, it amazes me week after week how I talk about how boy the opposing team does a great job of moving their best receiver around and finding matchups for him, and yet Notre Dame hasn't been able to freaking do that. That's yeah. a different point. Such an easy um, you know, to do. but I just watched him catch a touchdown from the field before we got on. I watched him catch a, po- a deep post route in the boundary, you know. So, so that's what I have to be prepared for. Is where's where are they going to primarily play him? Right. And you have to at least consider one of two things, right? One is put Cam Hart on him. The other is when he's to the field, you're good. When he's to the boundary, you got to play. You got to high low him. You got to bracket him. Yeah. Have to. Now, do you want to do that with Kyle Hamilton? Uh, I don't know if I would want to do that with Kyle Hamilton because then I feel like you're using your best asset uh, as part of a tag team. I think you're going to have to really right. make sure that, well, that when Houston it's a, Griffith and, and, and DJ yeah. Brown are, are, are doing a better job getting off the hash than they did last week. And that is going to then put – that goes back to your original matchup, Vince, that if you're going to bracket him into the boundary, then that puts even more pressure on your will linebacker to defend the running backs in the in the wheel the seams because – as an offensive coach, if I see you bracketing my outside receiver, I'm going to run him off. I'm going to take your corner and your safety out, and I'm going to then ISO my tight end and my backs on your linebacker. That's what I'm going to do, right? Sure. I'm going to use that to my advantage. So that puts pressure on them. But you have to be willing if 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 you can't go to good read on where he's going to be. Which smart coaches at Virginia Tech, if they're smart, they're going to not let Notre Dame get a read on that. They're not just going to put him in the boundary the whole game. Because then Notre Dame can double team them, but if but that's but if they, if they are doing a good job of masking it, then you need to be willing to say, hey, look, you know, Houston, DJ, when you're up, when you line up, if you see eleven into the boundary, you got to make a coverage check, and we got to bracket them, right? I mean, that's just what you have to do, and then let Clarence use his strength at the line to be physical right. and things like that, and then if you get beat, you're okay because Houston's going to be right over top of right, him, DJ's going right. to be right over top of him. Yep. And then you put uh, Kyle and, Claire and Cam, your two best DBs, put them to the field. And then you got to let your dudes be dudes at that point in time. Right, Vince? So that's what I would do in, okay. in order – because if you can limit the success of Trey Turner, I don't think the Virginia Tech offense has much of a chance of, of really beating you in the pass game with any regularity, in my opinion. just don't think they do. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So C. Sievers uh, sent a, a comment right after his super chat. So we're going to consider it a super chat. So I'm, okay. I want to bring it up because he does bring up a good point. Uh, he says, not sure if it's already happened, but do you think we will see a scenario where Foskey and Batelho are on the field at the same time? I thought we were going to see more of that on Saturday. And, and I think that we will – I think we'll see that when, when we're in third downs more. But I think Virginia Tech's a team where that might be a good – a good option to have at you know in that third down because now you've got two more athletic ends that can maybe do a better job of, of containing Bertrand while rushing you know what I mean I think there's two ways to go on third down if it's third and long is one is hey 
do that 3D tackle thing you've been doing, which allows more big guys and disciplined guys to be on the field and and to you know be gap conscious to not let Burmeister take off, right? Because with him, you want him, you want him sitting in a pocket throwing. If if you're getting beat by by Braxton Burmeister sitting in the pocket for four quarters picking you apart, it's there's gonna be a there's long game, big problems. <laughs> it's gonna be a long game, and, and it's gonna be a long rest of the year. I I, just, I don't see that happening. The other option is is to is to try to rush him quickly and get him to declare quickly. Because if you can rush the quarterback and get really fast rushes and he takes off, your linebackers are still there to cut, cut, close the ball. The concern is when he drops back, drops back, and then takes off, and the linebackers are now twelve yards into their drop. Right. But you know, for me, I would I, I would like to see more of that. I think they need to find a way to get Patojo going. They, we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen him really turned loose. I think they need to turn him loose and let him attack more. Um, you know, maybe maybe he wasn't as good as we thought he was this spring because he was making all those plays against and pressures against an offensive line that we now have found out is one of the worst college football lines in college football. Maybe that's the case, but I think the kid can play, and, and I think you need to do some of that. But I also think that you need to be careful that you're not wearing Isaiah Foskey down. It, it, you know, it, and, and to me – this may be a game where you want to say, hey, look, we're going to rotate them and then some third down packages will get them in. But that would be kind of the thing. And we'll talk a little bit about third down here in a minute, but that would be something that I would I would want to see at times. But I think against a guy like Burmeister, you want to get more athletes on the field, in sure. my opinion. Well, if if bringing in Batelho means that he's the drop guy and Foskey's on the line, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it because Batelho's better – five yards off the line of scrimmage than Isaiah is. That's just not his game. And we continue to see them put him in that position. Uh, and again, if you're going to bring him, fine. You know, if you're going to bring him, that's fine. But if you're if he's dropping into coverage, I just don't like it. I feel like you're playing with 10 instead of 11. Um, and, and again, it's nothing against Isaiah. That's just not his skill set, right? Yeah. He is the best pass rusher on this team. That's where you need him to be. So, um, I, I would love to see both of those guys on the field. And then you've got Fossey coming on one side. If you stack Patelho behind him as a, either as a dropper or a delayed blitz or, you know, coming in off the side as well, man, I think you could do mm-hmm. some fun stuff there. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I'll tell you what, though, Vince, at the end of the day, the only thing I really care about in this game when it comes to the defense, I don't care if it's 50 to nothing. Keep attacking. Yes. I don't ever, 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 ever want to see. I would rather Notre Dame give up a 60-yard bomb than to do what they're doing. Now, if you want to make a, a late game or a late half or late game adjustment to not prevent the big play, then put your safeties deep. But still use your front four to yeah. flick freaking attack. Keep going. I almost slipped up there because uh, I'm really fired up about that. That's the one thing that yeah. Coach Freeman's doing that's kind of driving me a little nuts. Yeah, is you clearly that part of your defense isn't where the rest of your defense is right now, and and to me, you've got to be able to 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 recognize that and say, hey, look, we've got to we've got to do what we do best, and I think he's doing a pretty good job of that when it comes to his players using his players correctly, but as a whole, yeah, with the exception of of Foskey and that that whole thing, which is is maddening, but they they've got to stop doing that. They've, they've got to attack, 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 attack. I honestly think this is one of those games where the defense could ultimately, you know, maybe – Vince, you have anything else to say about the pass game? I think no, one I think, thing that I point yeah. to down here is this is going to be key. Yep, absolutely. Don't let, don't, don't let Braxton, these two numbers right here, don't let Braxton Burmeister get comfortable in the pocket because he's not yep. a good passer. But if he's comfortable, he has a good enough arm, he can get the ball down mm-hmm. the field. So that's the big key. But I, I want to dive right into the – Vince, I want to dive right into the 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 scoring offense against the scoring defense, and it gets into the sort of situational football, red zones, and third downs. Right. I'm going to tell you what. This third down number for Notre Dame has taken a huge jump in the last three games. Remember, like, when we were going into the Purdue game and Notre Dame's third down numbers were, like, kind of bad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They weren't really good on third down. And then you look at what they've been the last few games. They have been outstanding on third down. And and you know that the, their last three they were fifty seven against fifty seven point one percent against Toledo the last three weeks they've been third twenty three thirty one and thirty five, just pretty good. It, to me, 
that this is an area where I think that the Notre Dame defense can play a huge role in getting the offense rolling, the Notre Dame offense rolling. Allow me to explain. Virginia Tech doesn't move the ball very effectively in any way. Run game's not great. Pass game's not great. They got a couple individual players that can hurt you, but as a whole, they're not great. Their offensive line has got good size. It's not overly athletic. They've had trouble protecting the quarterback, and they've had trouble getting movement in the run game. In a lot of ways, this is a game Notre Dame should dominate. It really is. And Virginia Tech is just not an offense that should have success against Notre Dame. I mean, you know, Cincinnati came into that game scoring 43 points a game. They scored 24, right? You know, Purdue came into Notre Dame's game scoring 40-plus points a game. They scored 13. Now, Purdue's not scoring 40-plus points a game now, but still that's a, it's a quality offense that Notre Dame kind of beat up. Uh, but Notre Dame's got to be able to, to shut Virginia Tech down. And, and the reason I say I think they can spark the offense, Vince, is I think that this is a game – now, Virginia Tech doesn't turn the ball over a ton, but I think this is a game where you can really harass them, get early stops – dominate field position, hopefully get a turnover or two. Uh, because remember, turnovers are what sparked the last game. Oh, it yeah. It was a close game. Virginia Tech's got the ball with a chance to go down and take a lead for halftime. And Khalid Kareem has that great hustle strip sack, and Julian Love picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown. Uh, you know, something like that. It, I feel like if the defense can give the offense some early short fields and the offense can punch it in, because as you mentioned, the one thing the offense has been really good at this year is taking defensive plays and turning them into points, right? I mean, that's where all their points came against yep. Wisconsin. No question. And they did a good job against – and, again, against Cincinnati, they didn't settle for a field goal. They went and put that sucker right into the end zone and made it a ball game, right? I feel like this is the thing that I really want to see from the defense this week is I want to see them dominate in these areas down here, third down, red zone, and turnovers. The, the things that they've been really good at this year, they need to be great at on Saturday. Because I feel like that's the kind of spark that the offense needs. The offense needs to have some success. They need to get out of their own heads. Vince, and you know this, football, you're a base, you're people, some people may not know who are new to the channel. You're also head baseball coach in the South Bend area, mm -hmm. right? That's the jacket that Vincent has on right now. Yeah. And, and you know this, especially in baseball, but it, it's very true in football too. You can get in mental funks, and it takes something to kind of get you out of that funk. You know, a pitcher makes a mistake and throws a fastball right in the middle of the plate that you're able to connect on, and you start feeling good about yourself again. And football, it's the same way. Notre Dame's offense right now is in a huge, 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 huge funk. Absolutely. That they can't get out of. And I feel like this is a team, the ultimate team game because the defense can, because in basketball, if you're in a funk on offense, a lot of times it can impact you on defense, right? Because in every, every other sport that we talk about, you play both sides of the ball, essentially. In hockey, you play offense and defense, right? In baseball, you play offense and defense, right? Except if you're in the American League and you're a pitcher. And in <laughs> basketball, you play offense and defense, right? Football is the only sport where it's literally two different teams. Right. Right? And so it, it makes it unique, but this is one of those things where you can take a, a great defense, come out and dominate the way that you're capable of, get early stops, three and outs, shut the freaking crowd up. You Absolutely. Know, get turnovers, force big plays give your offense short fields. And if the offense can come out and get some early success because of the defense, the offense isn't going to say, well, gee, we got our points because of the defense. They're going to say, hey, we got points. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that could be the mental boost that, that this team needs. So, I mean, we're, we're grasping at straws here. Uh, but that's, to me, that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I think that that's something that we need to see from this football team is this defense has got to say, hey, look, there needs to be some pride to say, hey, look, we can't blame the offense for what's going on. We we gotta we gotta do our thing right now. We gotta pick them up, right? And come out and play that way. And Marcus Freeman has to recognize that as well. Say, hey, look, we gotta do something to give our defense a spark or our offense a spark. Mm -hmm. And if we can see that early, Vince, I could see this thing really getting interesting for this offense on Saturday night. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because, yeah, they've only turned the ball over three times, which ranks them in the top ten uh, in the country, which is great. The problem for me is they haven't played any good defenses. Um, I mean, the defenses that, that, they, that they have played I don't think are good at creating turnovers, and I, that's not going to be the case on Saturday. They're, mm -hmm. they're going to play a defense that loves to get turnovers. And, 
based on everything that we talked about today, I love the chance that Notre Dame has to get Burmeister into position that he doesn't want to be in. And I could see some turnovers coming. And since they haven't turned the ball over very much and they're in their first third of the season, how are they going to respond to turning the ball over so much or not Mm -hmm. so much, but turning the ball over period. Right. Right. Um, I would be, I'm going to be shocked if Notre Dame can't turn them over to be honest with you. I I really think they're going to put this kid in a position to either when he's running the ball to fumble it or, you know, throwing it off platform, you know, doing some things that he doesn't want to do that he's probably not great at. Um, and they're going to get him turned over. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's just how I see this game going. And you're right. I think the offense is is the Notre Dame's offense is excellent at scoring when they get a turnover, and mm-hmm. it's the one thing that they've been good at. Um, and so I think that's going to fire. That could potentially fire up both sides of the of the of the team. Yeah. And once you put this Virginia Tech team behind, I don't know that they are capable of coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're only averaging 23 and a half points a game. I say only based on what Notre Dame has done offensively. Obviously, you know, that could be enough. Uh, but if the defense puts the offense in position to score some points, I don't think 23 and a half is going to be enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where that's where my focus is. I think it's obviously it's third down percentage, third down conversions, because then that kind of leads to potential turnovers. But it's it's the turnover battle that really has me. Uh, interested in this game. If Notre Dame can win the turnover battle, I think they win this game. I, I mm-hmm. really do. Yeah, and and, and Bill Kostrub, Kostrub says, if it all comes together and we start winning the game offensively, we cannot take our foot off the gas. It is time to bury an opponent. Agreed. I, I, I hope that Brian Kelly has this foresight as a coach, <laughs> that he has to understand. And again, I'm not predicting that Notre Dame's going to jump out to an early lead. We're building on a theme of what we were just talking about. If Notre Dame has a chance to really turn it on in this game, with all due respect to Justin Fuente, you got to do it. This is yeah. about your team. Yes. And and if you've got a chance to bury them, you have to do it. You, you no no backing off, no running the clock out. You go you go full. They need to come out and, and this is the going to be the challenge for Brian Kelly this week on both sides of the ball. Your team lost. What are you going to do about it? Right. You know, you're getting a lot of criticism. Well, the players aren't getting as much criticism from me as the coaches are, mm-hmm. but the players still have to play better, do a better job. And and to me, I look at it and say that they got to get into a situation where um, he's got to kind of say, "Hey, look, we've got a we, we've got nothing, you know, we've got nothing to lose now, right? Like everybody's doubting us. It's like sometimes Brian Kelly plays, you know, performs better." when there are no more expectations sure you know, which says a lot it's a different conversation mm-hmm. but that's what he's got to do from this team and sometimes i feel like going on the road can be the best thing for your football team when your backs are against the wall i've always felt this that you know because at home you're comfortable you're complacent you're in your dorm you go to the hotel on friday night you see your family the crowd loves you but then if the crowd if you're not playing well and the crowd boos you sure that can kind of get in your head whereas they're going to boo you from the moment you come out of the locker room when you're on the road and, and booing when you're on the road, off the bus. Yeah. (laughs) You know, booing when you're on the road is like that shot of adrenaline. Like, okay, all right, here we go. And part of me feels like we're going to learn a lot about this football team from a leadership standpoint, Mm -hmm. because I believe great teams can, you know, those road games when they're struggling are the ones where you really come together as a football team. And and I feel like this football team is either going to come together this weekend and play really well, or they're gonna they're gonna not be mentally and emotionally in it, and it's either gonna be another loss or a close win that has us really, really, really concerned about the rest of the season. That's how I feel about this game, Vince. That's how I feel about okay. This is we're gonna learn who Notre Dame is this weekend. Sure. I really feel like that is the case. How do they handle this emotionally? mentally execution wise what's the energy level going to be like uh those are all things that i look at and say we're going to learn so much about this football team um and and this right here this area right here is the one that that to me for the defense is going to be 
the one we learn the most of. You know, how are they when it comes to, you know, because to me it's like be who you are, right? Disrupt the backfield, get pressures, get get sacks, get hits on the quarterback, get stops behind the line. Put you want to get turnovers against Virginia Tech, put them in third and longs. That's how you're gonna get turnovers. Yep. You're either gonna get strip sacks, or you're gonna get interceptions, right? Yep. Uh, you want to get turnovers, beat those big guards off the line and, and meet the meet the running back at the ball, knock the ball out, right? Uh be disciplined on the backside of a bootleg. And 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 blow up the quarterback and and knock the ball out right. Uh, be be aggressive in coverage. Jump balls and tip them and get the ball in the air that your other guys can pick off. It's all about being who you are, but it's all about attacking, attack, 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 attack. And if this Notre Dame defense comes out with the same fire that we saw them come out with after the last time that people were questioning them a little bit, which was you know the Purdue and Wisconsin games then I think they're going to dominate this matchup and it's going to spark the team. If we see them come out with no emotion and they don't bounce back from the win, then we're going to also learn a lot about this team. And it's yeah. going to be a story we don't necessarily want to hear. So that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for. And it, I'm not saying which is going to happen. I'm saying those are the two scenarios when you lose. Sure. I mean, to yeah. me, that's that there is no there is no middle ground after you lose a game. There isn't one. You're either going to go in the tank or you're going to come out pissed off and the pissed off teams, the ones that, that have great leadership and, and we, we, we're going to bring it up again. Said it a million times. I, you, you, Notre Dame loses at home to Georgia in 2017, a very dejected, but also pissed off Drew Tranquil, who is one of the most night, the nicest kids the not a trash talker. None of that comes out and he looks at the camera and he's kind of got like this, this, this look on his face of just utter, just like he's ready to just – he wants to go play another game and, and hit somebody as hard as he can. He goes, I feel really sorry for the rest of the teams that we're going to play. And from what we were told at the time is that next week of practice and those next couple weeks of practice were intense, intense, because the leaders of that team said never again, right. not happening again. Yeah, now, need to see that. Right, and they just came out and steamrolled teams for the next month of the season. If we 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 can see that Saturday, but it's going to be about the leadership of this team, and I'm not going to bl- blame Brian Kelly for that because Brian Kelly is what he is. He is what right. he is. Yeah, and he was this that is, then yeah. too. I right, mean, exactly. Yeah. This is about Kyle Hamilton and Drew White and Jason Adamiola and Cam Hart and all these guys on defense saying, "Hey, uh, uh-uh. uh, that that's that's not us. That's not acceptable. We're not. You know, it's like that scene from." <laughs> they don't gain another yard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's that mentality though, Vince, right? Sure, it's absolutely. that challenging your manhood. Like, Hey man, who are you? What kind of man are you? What kind of player are you? You're going to let them do that. You're going to let Cincinnati taunt you like that. Cincinnati right. was taunting Notre Dame on Saturday. They had right. no respect for Notre Dame on Saturday. Zero. Zero. And they let it happen. Exactly. Okay, they didn't do anything about Virginia it. Tech pay for that. Right. And if we see that, then I'm going to say, okay, this team's back on track. If we don't see that, then I'm going to say Brian Kelly was was unable to get this football team to its potential. Yeah, you know, and 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 John John Klimek finishes off that sentence. I take each and every one of you out. That was the scene from Remember the Titans. <laughs> you, you don't get past the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's the mentality that's right. you got to have. I don't know if they're capable of that. I, I I I am questioning the emotional leadership of this defensive football team. I I am, I am, not saying they don't have it. I'm questioning it. Meaning, I'm not sure if they have it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. This yeah, weekend. absolutely. And your All-American needs to be the leader of that, in my opinion. He needs to be the ringleader of getting that yeah. going. Vince, I still give the advantage, obviously, to Notre Dame. We did it in the past game, advantage. I don't think we actually did it in the past game because we kind of transitioned. Advantage yeah. Notre Dame the past game, advantage Notre Dame here. It's a significant statistical it's across the advantage board. Yeah. and talent advantage across the board, in my opinion. Yes, and it, it should be one that – benefits Notre Dame to the point that it should win the game for Notre Dame. That mm-hmm. that's that's how much of an advantage I feel Notre Dame yeah. has in this particular yeah. uh, arena. I'm going to ask you one question before we go Vince. Okay. So we talked yesterday, we gave all three advantages to Virginia Tech. We did. Right? Today we gave all three advantages to Notre Dame. Here's my question for you. Who has the greater advantage between the two? What is the gap wider between the Notre Dame offense and the Virginia Tech defense or the Notre Dame defense and the Virginia Tech offense? 
Uh, the advantage is greater for the Notre Dame defense versus the Virginia Tech offense, which is wow. why I'm confident that Notre Dame will win this game. Explain now, explain yourself, sir. <laughs> well, if okay, so let's go back to yesterday's matchup, right? Now, Virginia Tech against Notre Dame's offense. Um, look, we know what the struggles are for Notre Dame's offense, right? But they still have some guys that can play the game over there, and so if they just just adjust a few things then Notre Dame can win that advantage they can win that battle over here on this particular matchup when we're talking about Notre Dame's defense there's not much Virginia Tech can do to anything on their end anyway to have the advantage over Notre Dame's defense okay Notre Dame is going to have to play very poorly for Virginia Tech to have the advantage here. It's not mm-hmm. a schematic tweak. It's not a personnel tweak. It's it's not some little tweaks here and there, some play-calling tweaks that are going to give Virginia Tech the advantage over Notre Dame. So that's why this gap is bigger, right? So what you're saying is basically if Notre Dame's offense brings their A game, there's nothing Virginia Tech's going to do to stop them. Correct. If Virginia Tech brings their A game on offense and Notre Dame's defense brings their A game on defense, Notre Dame still wins that battle. Correct. Okay. That's exactly I, I what totally I'm saying. I totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. Before we go, Vince, this was brought up, and I and I I got to, you know, I get on rants. I get fired up. I think I might have found something that gets Vince fired up. John Klimek, did everyone see what Kyle Hamilton said about the ref? What was said? Sure, sure the did. referee, according to Kyle Hamilton, the referee told Kyle Hamilton when he got held like big time to set up a Cincinnati score, you're an All-American. You don't, you know, you don't need holding calls, basically. Right, Vince? Yeah. Am I correct on That's that? That's what he said. Yeah. That is a fireable offense, Vince. What say you? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I, I can't believe it doesn't matter what caliber player you are. A penalty is a penalty. Like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's the dumbest like, thing I've ever heard of. He clearly got, I mean, he he even said, because I listened to it, he even said he's like, my jersey was all messed up because he was holding me so badly. He, now he then said, he goes, now I should have I should have gotten off of it. He goes, I should have been able to get off of it. But he was holding me so bad that my jersey was I messed up. I didn't know up. he said that. I'm glad to hear him say that he said that. He did. Yeah, yeah he did. And I give him that. I give him credit for that. He goes, I should have got off of it. He goes, but then I, he goes, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard from an official before. That's that the stupidest I'm an thing I've ever heard of. That's I, I, the stupidest he, thing I've ever heard of in my life. I, I why even if you believe that as an official, that is not the reason that you give to Kyle Hamilton. You, right. Oh, I didn't see it, or that's not a hold, even though you're clearly wrong. Yeah. Don't no, it's not. Well, that yeah, you're right. That was a hold, but you're an all American, so I'm not gonna call it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. unbelievable to me. Unbelievable to me. That that yeah. guy should never work at Notre Dame or anywhere else. He shouldn't even work a high school game after mm-hmm. that. That's oh, you're all conference. Uh, that's not a whole what? No. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was honestly one of the most absurd things I've ever heard of in my entire life. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was. And Kyle Hamilton has no reason to lie about it, right? I mean, that was. And if you know anything about Kyle Hamilton, he's not going to say something like that if it, no. if it wasn't true. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, and, uh, and I, Irish Cubby is absolutely correct yeah. down here. Oops, uh, refs don't seem to be held accountable enough. I hope something is. That done is about one of the that. biggest problem in, in in athletics. Period. Mm-hmm. Is that you can't criticize refs. You can criticize eighteen year old kid if if a, if an eighteen year old freshman goes out there and plays a bad game. I'm writing an article about how it was it was bad. Right, right, but it, but a, a co- and a coach will do the same thing. But you can't criticize refs, you know. And, and again, I think there needs to be some some level of okay, yeah, you crossed the line with it, but there absolutely needs to be more accountability for officiating because it is yeah. getting progressively worse year after year after year. Now, you know, maybe it's hey, look, you need to pay more money to get good officials. I okay, maybe that's okay, it, right? That's fine. But I, it, I'm all for that. But yeah. if you're you do that and then hold them accountable because officiating is getting progressively worse. My dad has a theory that 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 a lot of this is based on replay. The more and more replay there is, the more and more officials just kind of have buried their whistles. They swallow their whistle, you know. Yeah. And even though it, it it holding is not a, a replay thing, it just it creates an overall just, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make that call that could be game changing, right? Because you know, then there's, you know, because of that. So I thought that was absolutely absurd. I thought those was, a, I mean, that literally, I would, if I was Brian Kelly, I'd find out who that guy is, and I said that guy's never working another game in the Rams Stadium as long as I'm here. Never, ever. 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 And I and yeah. well, actually know it. It shouldn't even be Brian Kelly. It should be Jack Swarbrick. Yeah. That, that you need to you need to bring out the big stick. The big dog needs to come out for this one and say, uh, this gentleman and his crew are never ever working another game at, that Notre Dame is going to officiate. Yes. Home or away. Yes. Home or away. 
Because away officials, by the way, are negotiated when you make a contract. Yes. So Notre Dame yes. does have say on who the officials yeah. are when they go on the road. So yeah. they have and a so say. He, he's calling up. He needs to call up the ACC office and say, that crew is never working another game of ours. Find yeah. a new crew. Right. Because that that is that is just that's kind of disgusting. So anyway, Vince, that's going to do it for today's show. I appreciate everybody being with us today. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Come to the message boards. We had a great day of sign up or great two days of sign up to the message board. We kind of, you know, we we're getting like two or three a day for about a week or so. Last two days, we've had a lot of people sign up. Awesome. Uh, we've had some intel pop up. I, I, I'm not going to say it publicly for obvious reasons, but I've got some intel on the message board about what I'm hearing about who's going to be the starting quarterback this Uh-oh. weekend. Uh, going to have some other intel. We have some things about, um, you know, about the offensive line on there and kind of what's been going on behind the scenes the last couple of years and all that good stuff. So tons of great intel going on on their premium message board. So you're going to find that at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Definitely check that out. NKM, appreciate you very, 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 very much. And we appreciate all of you. This has been such a fun, just been so fun. I mean, normally, like, honestly, Vince, after a loss, I'm so cranky that next week and I'm just bitter. But like being able to do these shows and be with everybody, it like I'm being critical, but it's been a lot more fun because I feel like we're with, we're with family, right? We've been able to, to kind of vent together and get right. it out. And now it's time to move on and get ready to go get that next dub. So uh, Vince, thanks for being on with me today. Everybody, thanks for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Breakdown. We're going to talk about key matchups, keys to victory, and of course, <sighs> we will have our game predictions for tomorrow. Man. So I have I'm back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I I have low scoring is kind of where I'm at Mine right now, Vince. Definitely but, low scoring. Uh, it's gonna def it's gonna be very interesting to see how this one turns out. But if you're going to the game this weekend, I'll be driving. I'm actually gonna be leaving Friday after the the uh, the podcast on Friday and driving to Black straight to Blacksburg. And uh, so I'll be in town covering the game, then heading to Norfolk for about a week to spend some time with my family uh, during the bye week. But uh, shows are not going anywhere, folks. We're still going to have our shows. <laughs> you already double check Wi Fi, right? So they're all oh, yeah. good to go. Make okay. sure my mom was like, hey, get that Wi Fi cranked up. Make sure you're ready to rock and roll because we got shows to do next week. So um, appreciate y'all. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.